Happy Singles Awareness Day and also Susan B. Anthony Day, everyone, because <laughs> it's two unrelated holidays, but uh, feminism is the unifying factor, I think, in all of this. It's also, I think, uh, uh, mid-partner reveal day. Uh, that's at least what I saw on the timeline. Uh, a lot of everyone's looking attainable and not in a good way. I'm a podcaster and I'm feeling pretty cocky about my odds. So let's do better next year. <laughs> Welcome, though, to another GigoCast episode where we cover 10 topics and trailers in as close to an hour as possible. My name is Kelton. Thank you for joining me on that diatribe. Joining me this week, as always, is my amazing co-host, Grift. How's it going? Uh, it, it's good. Uh, I think I think a good summary post I saw recently was uh, Kanye's Instagram right now is basically like replacing what trump's twitter used to be <laughs> just it's it's really like it's it, it's both yeah not funny because the guy's you know having a real episode but oh, it's very also funny. it's I, I, it's, it's one on of the that. most just uh, like unbridled entertainment episodes in a while on on social media so shouts out to kanye yeah thanks for thanks for shouting out griff shop the other day yeah <laughs> <laughs> i also think we need to date it though that uh kanye's pr team just took over his Instagram because it was all lowercase letters and very much coherent sentences strung together with all of the previous photos deleted. And it's just the one photo of uh, Kanye like at a concert. So it's great. It's uh, everything's alive and well. Kanye is not at all being secluded in the bunker as he uh, uh, detoxes from Julia Fox. Uh, yeah. Defox? Oh. A, a defox cleanse? <laughs> Can we call that? Yeah, it's, a, it's a defoxing plan. <laughs> By the way, joining us this week, it's uh, an amazing experience for me. Very special guest from the sports uh, Twitter group chat, as well as the epic Wheel of Time episode that I think got as many listens as Wheel of Time has total viewers. It's Dread. How's it going? Hey, I'm glad to be here. And uh, for the record, Colin, I think you have a great shot. I'm at least three people's mid-level boyfriend reveal so you you know you're at least one <laughs> step up from me so you, you you know someday some e person will take home and make you their podcaster bdf <laughs> i can only hope that's uh it, it again it's a real sad day when i'm just like okay cool i guess like i should respond back to this person because uh i have a shot somehow some way and that, that's not good for them not, not certainly in the midst of these kanye west mental health episodes i I don't need a manic rise all of a sudden. I think you should shoot your shot at Julia Fox. I think it'd be great for both of you. Yeah. yeah I, no, 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 no. Okay. I'm going to shoot my shot with her in like two months when we're basically the same levels of aged milk type attractiveness. I want to I want to bestow an early uh, Grifty of the Year award on uh, Julia Fox. Yes, absolutely. Uh, she that, like that that quote from a like this this whole thing is just like obviously just like a month long like press junket for her and like she had this like quote from uh, some some art big article that came out where she's just like 
uh, yeah, it's it's celebrities' job to like make content for you. So like when you hear them complaining about it, like no, it's that's that's like their that's their job. Go do their job, and gotta <laughs> say respect. <laughs> that's almost she like a Bill it. Belichick attitude towards it. Yeah, you know? <laughs> go out there, hit the tabloids, make the paparazzi go wild. You gotta you gotta put in the reps, <laughs> get the grind in all the way through. <laughs> It it is amazing. Uh, seeing these candid photos of Julia Fox really does make me believe that Uncut Gems was snubbed for a best makeup Oscar. Um, so you know, it, it just uh, shout out across the board. I think to uh, that production, just a wonderful thing. My question, really, with this whole fiasco, uh, I say fiasco. It's it's entertaining as hell for me. Is, I think you already uh, canceled Lupe from the uh, friend group, though. So I don't think you can call it fiasco. <laughs> <laughs> see that that's a thousand times better than my basic ass observation but i was wondering will she have the staying power of even like an amber rose in the cultural zeitgeist because she is an actress and so i could see her kind of you know staying on the bubble fringe i'm sorry to say this and once again my beautiful dark twist fantasy is a beautiful beautiful album is also a deeply misogynistic work and is rooted in its time however the Absolutely. the album has it is it is peak it is from it you know future reads from it that is the bible of misogyny <laughs> amber rose inspired the line yeezy reupholstered this pussy and julia fox does not have that kind of staying power i'm sorry oh, that's true that's true it's yeah, okay uh, any like anything you want to know about how the 2010s went wrong can be like read in that album it's uh yeah truly truly like oppression work it's it's a wonderful thing we're going a little bit out of order here with talking about this but i kind of like that you know talking about kanye right off the bat because to see a man who is so just epically down bad as he's talking about how he wants to get back together with his wife and obviously completely failing at this while simultaneously seeing news that army hammer and his wife are figuring things out and army hammer has possibly but definitely eaten people you know it's it's just goes to show that uh, <laughs> Kanye is a, a breed unto himself. I think what it shows is that Kanye should have been cast in Death on the Nile. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see Kanye on Death in the Nile, Death on the Nile, Death in the Nile, whatever. Just anyway, give him Gal Gadot's part. Well, I was going to say because Gal Gadot is pretending to be Cleopatra for half that movie, and that's right there. That's just right at Kanye's speed yeah <laughs> i refuse to learn anything about that movie i'm sorry <laughs> it, i've heard really good things from everyone who is like happily married for 20 plus years and like it was their go-to movie this weekend and so uh just yeah shout out to them they were like guess what it's it's sunday we just had brunch the super bowl was in a few hours we can watch death on the nile and then i won't have to talk to my husband for the rest of the night what a wonderful time good for me W's across the board as you get to look at Kenneth Branagh and his four foot long mustache take place. So oh, yeah, what a time. yeah, they they get to watch their own uh, personal IDF babe. There. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Jackass, the much less problematic movie of the weekend. Oh, congratulations! I, I'm not going to do Death of the Nile spoilers, even though the story is like ninety years old at this point. But <laughs> don't get too uh, attached to the IDF babe. Is all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, yes. Uh, let, let's talk about the the weekend that was, because obviously Death in the Nile dominated the box office. But uh, more importantly, the Super Bowl happened. And what is the Super Bowl without commercials? Commercials urging us to consume. And uh, I saw a lot of praise online for the Super Bowls that occurred. Uh, I hated all of them. I thought really? that they were wait, you, wait, just you miserable. Saw, you saw praise? for these <laughs> i did i did oh in my. several places oh. one oh of my the God. like key things was wow oh, this poison this algorithm. ev ad by i think it was gm with oh, dr the, evil oh, oh i thought you were talking about the one with the uh, uh uncanny so, valley puppy that has the mechanical puppy that chases after the electric car god no no i avoid all kia ads that bring to life the idea of robots who are designed to feel pain and existential dread and embracing the nothingness that comes with a dead battery i, I think i think that's a theme this episode embracing the dread thank you Griff. yes please do embrace me uh Here's my question. Are we just not old enough to appreciate the Super Bowl commercials? Because like, I feel like we're almost old enough to appreciate the Super Bowl halftime show that everyone was sucking its dick, talking about how amazing that was. And I, I thought it was OK. But I mean, at least at least from what I saw, like I like in the in my my family's group chat, basically everybody of every different generation was like, yeah, there was like maybe one commercial that I laughed at. I think it was every everybody thought the the Uber Eats one where they were eating. Yeah. Like, oh, the that, not that, eats. Cause, yeah. Yeah. Cause that because because that's just like basic slapstick humor. It's it's tough to fuck that up. And like that was really the only the only one that actually got a like a laugh out of people. Mm-hmm. Um at least at least in my sort of uh, anecdotal um, experience with it, but it seems like a general trend. Yeah, we need to uh, return with a V uh, to funny Super Bowl commercials. That's right. Puppy monkey baby isn't going to reinvent itself. Do you want the f- quippy funny answer or the slightly serious I'm a social scientist answer? I want both. Let's go. I want both. Let's, let's go. Yeah, let's go. Both. Okay. The All quippy f- funny answer is actually we are just. Uh, out of touch. Uh, truly, uh, our overly online poisoned brain doesn't understand the marketing genius of the E-Trade baby back again. Because that <laughs> truly is a cinema masterpiece. Let's nostalgia for a 15-year-old ad campaign. That baby now is old enough to have an OnlyFans now. They're getting uh, financial advice from memes. <laughs> <laughs> Look at these babies. Like, it's, all, it's all about condescending to your audience now, it seems. Condescending to your audience and just doing necromancy on bits that have been dead longer than most of the audience has been paying attention. Yeah. The actual yeah. ser- semi-serious, like I'm a social scientist view is that commercials are just bad now in general. And that's because um, every day on TikTok, most people, and I once again, I'm, I'm not a big TikTok person, but I do like understand that it is actually a lot more cross-generational people under, than people give it credit for. And people are watching brands be put in the effort of making content for 10-second bursts, 15-second bursts that used to be put into entire Super Bowl commercials. Mm. People just want brands to act like a funny person doing a meme. And the problem is brands suck at that unless they do it in shotgun form, you know, scattershot. So they, it's much more useful for most brands to put out 
you know, 20 bits and one of them sticks, then put all their eggs in the basket of one Super Bowl ad. Well, fine. I guess that makes sense. But (laughs) when you're spending six and a half million dollars per 30 seconds of ad, that's got to be a a hell of an expensive shotgun blast. It's an Ernest Hemingway level shotgun blast is what I think that these corporations are (laughs) doing. (laughs) We have like we have like a the the like like a surplus on memes and like a diminishing returns on them, because like before it used to be like every brand just had this like one chance every year at the Super Bowl to like blast a meme at the country and then make you remember. Now it's just, that's just every, every day, like on every platform um, in, in this. <laughs> I feel like this is how we can become like hype beasts, but for commercials be like every day can be the Super Bowl. If you have the right ad, <laughs> that's literally the- get it. That's the thing is like a random meme that a brand account was paying attention to four days ago. That's hot. Like if a, if a, if a company had chosen not to film their Super Bowl ad until the day before and they put out a freaking Wordle ad, like a Wordle joke, people would have gone nuts for that because that's the cultural zeitgeist. But instead, because they filmed all their commercials eight months ago in carefully focus tested rooms, they were talking about memes that were relevant eight months ago. And unfortunately, our hell world moves faster than that. I, I'm sorry, Dred. I don't remember, again, Dr. Evil being uh, relevant eight months ago. Maybe I missed the resurrection of Dr. Evil, but uh, I don't think that's what all the, the hip happening buyer's market people were talking about. Yeah, that's a, that's a safe bet, though, because toxic nostalgia is always relevant. Like, uh, that'll that'll always get at least like like a baseline reaction. I, I again, uh, I am happy for the people that enjoyed the Super Bowl ads. I do not think of you like trained seals, simply mindlessly clapping as a ball bounces on your nose. I you don't want you to feel M&M that ad. way. <laughs> they should have done a sexy Eminem ad. I'm just going to say it right now. They like, should have made a joke about it. I'm still they, waiting for they, sexy Eminem with sexy uh, Eminem. You know, like yeah, that seems like the easiest exactly. way to go. Didn't didn't all of the M&Ms just get rebrands? Like we like have them introduce those new identities to ever like we, we need to we need to know what they're about. We need to see them in action. Like so far we we just seen the ad copy. I want to <laughs> I want I want to know I want to know more about the, the deep trauma that influences the orange M&Ms anxiety. Uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, He's, I want to know more about this character. He was a survivor of the Charlie Hebdo. Uh, let's not get too wrapped up in the the dumb commercials uh for things because you know like commercials are stupid let's talk about trailers which are just the commercials for movies that are coming out because those are those are all incredibly smart and cool so uh yeah i think that's what people want <laughs> uh jurassic world dominion trailer dropped for the super bowl Uh, let's go everyone let's get excited dinosaurs they're they're among us uh dinosaurs are are raging through are you happy did you did we like it i mean to speak to griff's point i mean talk about toxic nostalgia bait it's 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 right up there with the best of them 
Um, I mean, I'm like, I'm also a big dinosaur, like geek from when I was a kid. So when I see a Therizinosaurus on screen, I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to make, make like the soy face eyes popping, uh, thing going on. Like, no, I, I don't, I don't care how bad this looks. I don't, I don't, I don't care that they, they brought back the original cast and may, and just it, it t- tinted it like gold and light blue. Um, it, I, I again, I think that this movie is going to have some of the best twenty-minute clip compilations on YouTube, and I think that's going to be cool to look at the dinosaurs. But I don't care about any of the new cast. I completely forgot that that teenage girl is a dinosaur clone. You know, <laughs> Do you guys see the re- second one? I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I that, that, avoid the second. One. Well, that, there you go. That's why she's safe around the dinosaurs. <laughs> And that's why they're like, we have to keep our proxy daughter safe. <laughs> the second one is weird. It's like it's they like did three a haunted movies house. in one. Why did yeah, they do a haunted house? <laughs> nah, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. Look, uh, nobody's ready for my, I'm a big dinosaur person, too. I, I, I grew up doing a thing called Paleo Bowl. Uh, I love dinosaurs. Yeah, it rocks. Was However, that like trivia? Like, 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 like dinosaur trivia? Yeah, it's like a science Olympiad or like a math Olympiad kind of thing, but for just for dinosaur facts. Oh, oh my, oh my God. I would have been all over that. Holy shit. Like, (laughs) God damn. But I'm about to say something that's going to make Grift come find me. uh, And that is that if (laughs) dinosaurs were real, we have a moral obligation to make them unreal again. Yes, absolutely. We would. Uh, We we would have big game hunters with triceratops, dentists mounting a T-Rex skull (laughs) over their practices. And unlike lions, they would be right Technically, you're right, but technically you're right, but I... I, it's 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 one of those uh, heart overhead things for me. Understandable. Uh, I also would love it if a world where all the Jurassic Park dinosaurs are roaming around, but as are all of the rejected abomination creatures as they failed to create dinosaurs. So you just have like a just a huge deformed alligator that's like thirty five feet long rolling around. Oh, it's agony. like I. I I love that um, conspiracy theory that like all of the strange animals from like the Bible and like Greek mythology and whatnot are like failed genetic experiments from some like antediluvian Atlantis (laughs) civilization. It's just (laughs) like like genetic hybrids from like some esoteric uh, advanced uh, like uh, breeding tech. What is Atlantis if not the first Jurassic Park? That is what we really should be asking. That's ourselves. a million dollar pitch, Dread. I want that you is, to think yo, about that. Yeah. <laughs> Atlantis Jurassic Park. A Jurassic Park with all the seed creatures at the bottom of the ocean ups the stakes so much more I mean, than anything else. Combining Atlantis lore with dinosaurs is basically uh, Dinotopia. Yeah, I I have gone on the record several times saying that Dinotopia needs to be the thing. If you're going to make a dinosaur show or dinosaur movie series, do that instead. You get to have all of the same cool stuff. But, you know, uh, they they did make a Dinotopia show. Uh, It was like it was like a miniseries in the early 2000s. It, It was pretty good. Yeah. Or the great I, I, now I imagine remember, if they get like a Marvel movie budget to do that yeah. same stuff. Like, Let's go. Uh, I'd be really yeah. down for that. Uh, basically, like, and 
the world in Dinotopia is pretty like pretty communist, like pretty. Uh, um, they have they have like the they, they have like a total barter system, right? It's very egalitarian. It's very very utopian. I yeah, it's remember. also got like a Pokemon vibe where you get partnered up with a dinosaur, and depending on what dinosaur, what job you do, you get a different dinosaur. And I just was like, that's kind of an idealized life for me as a child. I was like, oh, oh. I could be friends with the Triceratops. <laughs> yeah, please. Okay, so this is how we pitch it. It's it's Jurassic Park meets his dark materials. Yes, and- yes, everyone is a dinosaur demon. Yeah, oh. <laughs> that'd be great. <laughs> that that is a billion dollar idea. And yet, instead, we get Chris Pratt with an exacto <laughs> knife in Antarctica, <laughs> trying to stab, and then everyone getting mad and being like, "This looks stupid. Why is there a black woman next to him? <laughs> Why like, is there a diversity hire next to like <laughs> that's your issue?" here that's where you draw your line in the sand god you hopeless hopeless fanboys i drew my line at bryce dallas howard oh god yeah yeah (laughs) noble stance (laughs) history will vindicate you for that stance alone uh let's talk about this next trailer though uh for dr strange and the multiverse of madness they dropped the official trailer so we get to see dr strange uh and like a basic synopsis of all the crossover ip that dr strange is going to get into did you like dr strange as a zombie great here he is did you like it when he was evil great here he is did you like wanda maximoff when she was evil wonderful here's six other wanda maximoffs fucking professor x is back and they're in the chamber and they're bringing in the illuminati storyline which i'm sure is what people need to experience Disney Illuminati <laughs> and Doctor Strange. What could possibly go wrong with this? <laughs> if you want me to be completely honest, this is actually, I think this movie, and this is my bold prediction, this movie is what I feared that the Spider-Man movie was going to be. And once again, I like Spider-Man, so Ruby, please do not hunt me down and kill me in my sleep. I, I mean, uh, she will anyway, but that's besides the point. Uh, Ruby, Ruby is just this like shadow Marvel force that stalks the podcast. Like whenever we start off making and making references to any of it, we're like, oh, oh, like, uh, yeah, we should probably have Ruby on to talk about that. Or what is Ruby? Gonna think? I'm going to create like a, a sound effect where it's like obligatory giving this movie seven out of ten, comma, but insert criticism. So that way, then she doesn't get too mad at us <laughs> so uh, my prediction is that this doctor strange movie is going to be what i thought that the spider-man movie was going to be which is a sacrifice on the altar of expanding the ip of course I think, yeah, yeah i think that this movie is just a gateway to get all the other loki multiverse all that you know everything just pile it all in like Wanda is going to do inverse House of M, probably, right? Of where in the House of M comic storyline, there was no more mutants. In this storyline, it's probably creating all the mutants. Uh, you know, like it, it's just I don't know. Like that that's my shot. But the fact that like we have to bring back Patrick Stewart, who I'm not sure is like Either he's ultimately cashing in or his estate is cashing in on his behalf. It seems like a very fine line at this point with him. But like we cannot as as fans of anything, it seems like be comfortable with a character dying and staying dead. Like 
he died so hard in Logan, and now we're still having to bring him back. It, it makes no sense to me. Uh, I, I mean, follow follow the money, of course. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and also, like, I, 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 I can't be like brought to care about this because this this is very obviously leaning on being like, like, oh, this this has association to this marvel tv show which you should then watch and it's not going to make sense if you don't watch this like you're not going to get the full experience so that just made like as far as this marvel stuff i'm i'm tapped out like you 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 can't you can't make me care about a movie that's uh, making trying to make you care about like a tv show at, at, at this point just uh i'm good i'm like uh, i'm 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 tapped out fucking multiverse is just doubling down on shit and i'm like no how no, how dare no you how dare you do yeah, this seriously I'm, you, I'm tired i'm tired. i'm sorry to the culture gulag with you i'm tired <laughs> yes Look, now enjoy all of the other amazing offerings available <laughs> like lord of the rings the rings uh, of power congrats uh, i didn't realize you were such a fan grift how bold of you to make room in your busy schedule getting rid of the multiverse of madness movie yeah. so you can spend more time with the the stories that we don't know that came before all the stories that we cared about or however the fuck it was put. Yeah, I don't I don't have time for a multiverse and I also don't have time for a like a like a TV fan film, which basically looks what like this is. <laughs> <laughs> I will be the sole optimistic voice because That's I'm great. going to force Kelton to cover this just like I forced him to cover wheel of time um <laughs> but <laughs> only if we accept the fact that all of this diversity in this show right now if we're supposed to believe that it's canon implies that there was a race-based genocide that took place after the show and before fellowship of the ring as long as we're okay with yeah, that what, becoming what happened canon. to the black elves like where where are the black elves in peter jackson's elrond is suddenly real cool with frodo as long as he passes the blue eye test to come into Rivendell. All of those black writers? No, thank you. Get away from here. <laughs> Honestly, like it's it's worth it just just for that uh the the me the the photoshop of Tariq Nasheed's face onto the the, <laughs> the black elf. Oh my god, it was so good. Look, uh, I'll say this at the end of the day. I am as somebody who loves Lord of the Rings, uh The Hobbit was the one of the first books I ended up like really getting into as a as a kid. Um during uh, like a pretty tumultuous time in my life, and I have, I have a lot of love for it. The Hobbit movies sucked in a lot of very specific ways, and yeah. these movies or these sh this show excites me for a very different reason, which is I am very convinced they will make the worst type of Lord of the Rings fans mad. And I don't just mean like the anti SJW, you know, like diversity is bad. I mean, like yeah. the everything has to be book literal, the really pretentious Lord of the Rings fans. And I'm so excited for those like really sort of, you know, high fantasy looks like this. Lord of the Rings looks like this. Oh, Glorfindel would never say that. I'm really excited for when uh, Glorfindel well, starts. Well, Glorfindel can say that now because he's black in the show, so it's okay. Because <laughs> this is, I mean, this is going to be the most likely thing to set them off so far. Because, like, I'm sure they even had issues with the original series of movies, like the classics. I'm sure they even even those are those are 
those are going to be undeniable all-time classics and you know they they brought so many people into the like it, like learning about this story like i bet they i bet the the you know the fans you're referencing like going in going like ape on this thing like they they probably still had problems with those i imagine oh yeah Oh, major problems. If it doesn't look like that 1960s animated film, The Hobbit, they don't want anything to do with it. There are literally people who say who are Ralph Bakshi Bakshi Hobbit supremacists. There are a legitimate group of people who that is their definitive Lord of the Rings property. I mean, there are also like Romanian white supremacists, like best of luck to you in your journey. It's not going to happen. So we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Uh, God, uh, it's going to be interesting, I think, to see uh, how long people care about this, because uh, Amazon is one of those uh, streaming services of where, and I mean this, when I look at how much money they spent on Lord of the Rings, and then I look at how much money they spent on Reacher season one, and I think about how much more Reacher I could have gotten instead of Lord of the Rings, I get mad. Like, uh, it's insane to me. I, I think the thing that actually makes me, that I think summarizes this show the best, is that they put excruciating effort into making that teaser title sequence where they poured the rings out of practical effects and it still looked like digital effects and they probably spent a lot of money to do that and yet the show itself looks like it's entirely digital effects so i think this is a really so this is a weird thing and if you don't watch um book of boba fett and that stuff good for you you're making the correct choice but in one of the scenes oh no of that show i don't i'm not gonna go into they do a wipe during it but they do it in the wrong direction they do the wipe against the grain rather than with the flow of action uh which once again shows that they knew that wipes you know screen wipes happen in star wars so they did a screen wipe but it doesn't show that they actually know how to make a television show with a screen wipe in it this lord of the rings feels the same way where oh these nerds love practical special effects so let's do this title sequence with practical special effects but they don't actually know how to make a a, a fucking interesting well, well, if only there was the, a the, whole country the, sorry go ahead griff My bad. yeah like well because the the inclusion of of the wipes in the original star wars it's like yes it's like stylistic but also had a sort of like the, the transition function. And then there just happened to be this like nostalgic artifacts like created around it in people's minds. So it, it's clear that they like understand like, Oh, we can reference this sign and it'll, it'll, we, we know that it'll, it'll jog uh, nostalgic star Wars memories within people's minds. But like, you're clearly like, so out of the, the technical element of it that you something as simple as like, yeah, like basic visual blocking you're forgetting about. It's like, yeah, that's it's that's, almost that's like wild. they got paid so much money that they don't care. Weird. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I wonder how this could have happened. Who, who could have possibly <laughs> known giving a, a billion dollars for an IP could be a bad idea? You could have had Reacher season 12. Oh my god. Uh <laughs> it hurts. It hurts. It's so good. Everyone needs to watch Reacher. It's fantastic. It shows corporations are bad. Keystone cops get killed like twice an episode. Oh, it's fucking great. Uh it's wonderful. Uh let, let's not let's not talk about that though. Um let's talk about this next trailer for Nope, the new Jordan Peele movie that's coming out. It's listed as a neo-western science fiction horror film. 
So let's go. It it follows residents of an isolated town uh, where a mysterious and abnormal event is happening. I'm going to wait because I want to hear y'all's thoughts before I weigh in. So please tell me what y'all thought. Uh, I mean, uh, Jordan Peele hasn't missed yet. I mean, I don't look up uh, and um, and uh, what what was what was the other one? Don't look Uh, up. That was. Uh, no. <laughs> it's us no, no, no. and get out. It's, it's us. Yeah, it, yeah. Austin, Austin, get out. Jesus, Jesus Christ. Secretly, I mean, Jordan Peele was behind. Yeah, Dump. I, I, I had, I had so this, this, this movie just had such an effect on you know the being scared of looking up because clearly you're going to get dragged into the sky by some mysterious force. Um, but yeah, no, he hasn't, he hasn't missed yet. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna doubt uh this one i'm i'm looking forward to it until i see him see him uh go awry with with one of these uh sort of like uh sci-fi movies yeah yeah i I actually feel very much the same like i think that obviously everyone's gonna have a dud eventually but until until proven otherwise i'm just gonna give uh peel the benefit of the doubt also the premise of um like fundamentally like there's obviously a trope that goes back that uh you know, black characters die first in horror films traditionally a lot of the time. And there's always been like a sort of meta commentary of like, if black people actually wrote uh, horror films that the black characters would act very differently. And, and Jordan Peterson, or not Jordan Peterson, she's correct. Yes, Jordan, Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan Peterson. Yeah. Man, I'm so glad I gave y'all the floor for this because we get the idea of Jordan Peterson directing <laughs> Don't Look Up, which is Don't fantastic. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Jordan Peele uh, has really gone in on the premise of like, what if black people actually were in horror movies? And it's, it's been, it's worked so far. Uh, and the choice of Kiki Palmer and uh, Daniel Kaluuya are like, they're clearly have a very different vibe uh, for both of them. But I really think that so far it looks fine. And I'm sure that there's a potential of it to be a letdown. But like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll assume that uh, it'll be fine until uh, otherwise stated. And I will also look forward to Jordan Peterson's Don't Look Up about how climate change is actually a good thing. <laughs> Listen, well, Bucko, the real climate you could change is your room. <laughs> That's the change Clean you it. should focus on. <laughs> your sheets. <laughs> uh, I'm glad that y'all have this optimism about this movie because I was getting incredible The Happening 2.0 vibes from this uh, from this trailer. And I know I shouldn't, but I also didn't enjoy us the same level that I think a lot of people did. And that's where my fears came in. Additionally, I've also seen all of uh, Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone that he's put forward. And so I think that the larger body of work Unless he's just giving Twilight Zone all of his B and C list material, which he very well could be, it it seems like there is a certain threshold of good, but there is not necessarily as high a high, I think, just because he's being spread out so thin creatively. And so it's 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 funny how like with with movies like this, the, the happening always gets mentioned. So I think I think we need some happening um, revisionism 
Yeah, I'm actually here for happening at revisionism. I think that that movie is an underrated gem. (laughs) It is good, but not for the reason that the director thought it was. Exactly. And so it it is so bad of a horror movie that then he, in his revisionism, says it actually is a meta commentary on 1950s style horror movies with the sense of existentialism and social panic. That's what I was actually commentating on. You're like, no, no. You can go back. You can look at what your interview said, sir, about what this was when you cast Mark Wahlberg as a middle school science teacher and you were expecting us to care. God. Oh, man. Uh, But yes, so I I don't think it's going to be as bad as the happening. I just feel like this could be easily the weakest of the three movies so far. So I actually. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. That's fine. That's fine. That's what guests do. It's okay. (laughs) It's what I do specifically, everybody. But (laughs) what I would say is I actually, I think you could be very right that it could be the weakest of the three, but I actually just based on like kind of running themes of like, I don't like, these aren't obviously trilogies, but um, second projects are frequently worse than the first one because you have all the ambitions of your first one. And then you also have to live up to expectations. And I do Mm -hmm. agree that us was less good than get out. And I actually don't think any movie will make will live up to get out because it, it get out hit at a very specific cultural time however yeah. i do think third movies tend to be better than second movies for directors this is not the case for actual trilogies but just for directors because now they've tried their funky stuff and they're just back to the what works yeah, yeah it's no, like it, because the 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 artist has had their their whole life to formulate the first work and and then it's and it's the classic and then they have to churn the second one out in like a couple years so that's that's the real test and it usually isn't as good as the first one but like if they if it if it's if the second one hits enough to like have the third one carry over then like they're it's it's usually a pretty good track record so i don't like yeah i'm i'm gonna be gonna be optimistic about this one for sure again i i have it on our calendar for us to cover so i i look forward to it i'm certainly it's certainly going to entertain me and uh you know I, i'm incredibly happy uh now though let, let's talk about the actual director of don't look up with this next trailer for <laughs> winning time the rise of the lakers dynasty this is so aggressively my shit this is incredibly my shit this is a thousand percent more my speed than succession or euphoria or any of the other good quality stuff that's on hbo give me fucking john c riley as a lakers owner trying to forge a (laughs) dynasty oh my god it's so good i love it oh it's amazing adrian brody as pat riley was inspired by the way true uh, truly just amazing casting and we don't have fucking bill uh not bill burr uh bo burnham as larry <laughs> bird burr. anymore i i was shocked bill when burr i found larry that bird. <laughs> <laughs> hey you gotta cast the most boston person right possible. yeah it's perfect no, i'm well, like i'm i'm very looking forward to seeing the the 80s uh celtics as the bad guys in this like that'll Uh, you enjoy that idea of like oh look at this up-and-comer coming from nothing millionaire owner but let's ignore that part for the sake of the story look i gotta say this right now as a celtic being a celtics fan is being constantly embarrassed that you share a fandom with bill simmons uh the barstool guy and ben shapiro and yes this era is why two out of three of those people like the celtics 
It is the Larry Bird representing white basketball versus Magic Johnson representing black basketball. However, it is the single rivalry that saved basketball, and the Showtime Lakers are the most entertaining team of all time. Absolutely. I, I would love to see what the the spinoff show about the late 80s, early 90s Boston Celtics would be. <laughs> that that would be uh, fascinating, just the tonal downshift that you would have to do. <laughs> it would just be a show, a clip show of Larry Bird, like, making fun of players mothers on the court for 10 for hours at a time <laughs> not the worst honestly like I, I could get behind that too a lot of references i wouldn't get because he would have incredibly poignant like of that week kind of thing like what he would trash talk like you know if uh he were to call like someone's mother he's gonna turn her into a julia fox no one's gonna understand that reference like a year from now let alone 30 <laughs> years from now how cutting that was but you know i i get it i am so excited for this show i cannot lie because i do think that it's going to explore a lot of the factors surrounding the lakers because it, it is weird to think that the nba wasn't a sure bet at one certain point in time you know like even post nba aba merger it was still kind of shaky and it, it just feels like uh an unexplored era so it's weird to think that Adam McKay does winning time, uh, rise of the Lakers dynasty, but it happens almost 10 years after Will Ferrell's Flint tropics movie comes out, you know? And so it's, uh, it really is making me wonder how long, uh, this has been gestating. Cause I think the book came out around that time. Right. Um, uh, that cause it's based on a book that was written by Jeff Perlman, but uh yeah yeah it's been um it's been a while it's been a while in, in the works i believe oh and, i'm sorry I, showtime was released in 2014 as a book my, my apologies i thought didn't didn't adam mckay have that uh nba podcast as well um so it's it's technically another i i know you had this mentioned later for a trailer but it's technically another uh, production based on a podcast. We can, we can <laughs> Look, add some, it to the total. <laughs> someday, Gigo, uh, the movie will happen, and uh, you know, I just hope that Army Hammer doesn't play me. Oh my God, Army <laughs> Hammer, please play me. I absolutely love that. <laughs> so my, this is a really petty thing, but this is one of my favorite little petty things about this is that Winning Time um, it's, it's incredibly funny that they chose that for the name because they stole the name of Reggie Miller's 30 for 30 documentary. It's okay. It doesn't matter. That's, it doesn't that's matter. what the Lakers do though. You know, and that's beautiful. <laughs> steal the titles, steal the names, steal the, the cultural legacies of other teams. It's fine. It's great. It's cool. Steal my time making me watch Westbrook every night, you know, everything. <laughs> I was about to say, if Lakers fans want to get mad, just remind them that they could have had Coos and Caruso and been a three seed right now instead of being uh, almost out of the playoff contention with Russ. So apologies for that uh, brief interruption in programming. Uh, we are back to you, though, for our, our most enticing topic yet, and that is plugging our Patreon because everyone loves that. Absolutely. No one skips immediately ahead. But for five dollars a month, you can show your support for the show. And once we hit 25 patrons, we'll be doing a uh, 
exclusive on Patreon GigoCast every week. So more trailers, more scrubbing the bottom, more me looking at screenshots of Azalea Banks uh, talking about what her opinion is on Kanye's relationships. Just, you know, everything all at once. Additionally, we now have booked... I'm not sure it's been released at this point yet, but we now have booked all of season one of Yellowstone is available uh, on Patreon soon. So everyone, please go out, uh, get excited for that as Griff and I are going to be moving forward into season two. It should be uh, fun times ahead on the Montana horizon. What's happening <laughs> in the shop right now, Grift? Uh, well, yeah, we got we got Yellowstone shirts uh, inspired by some of the recurring bits that you will only understand if you if you spend those five dollars and sign up <laughs> to l- l- listen to the entire season one Yellowstone package. Uh, we 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 actually have a um, paying customer in the house with us tonight, so uh, I, I w- would. Would, would they be interested in a, uh, a <laughs> testimonial on the uh, value of the content that you will receive with your subscription? So on a purely technical level, since I'm paying for this Patreon, I think I'm technically paying to be on your podcast right now. You know, it's a, it's a pay for play kind of thing. No, I, 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 We operate uh, the same way as the Oscars. We operate that exact same way. It's a time under tradition, sir. Look, uh, this is the, uh, I, I, this is the $6 and 66 cents. I, I, I rounded it up for charity, of course, uh, that, that, that I regret spending the least every month. Ah, wonderful. Wonderful. That's, that is, I think, the strongest endorsement that we can possibly have for this show. You will regret this the least. And so, huzzah. Huzzah to that as uh, we continue marching forward. Uh, let, let's talk about this next trailer that we have here. It's another Super Bowl trailer. Is everyone picking up a theme, guys? Huh? It's a Super Bowl trailer for uh, The Atom Project. AKA a, a throwback to a Disney movie that would have been made 20 years ago, but this time it's Ryan Reynolds. So uh, he's a, he's a space traveler who crash lands and he teams up with his 12 year old self. Deadpool did permanent damage to the cultural zeitgeist. I like how they, they uh, prominently announced uh, like, this is from the entire team behind free guy. Uh, Academy <laughs> Award nominated film, Free Guy. Jordan Peterson's favorite movie. <laughs> right, <that's laughs> <what I'm saying. laughs> Jordan Peterson, uh, by the way, everyone thought that Free Guy was the ultimate test of artistic merit. And I think that tells you more about both Free Guy and Jordan Peterson than you really anything else needs to. It, it's just truly amazing to me to see that that free guy has like this lasting impression and I still haven't seen it, but I feel like I've seen it. If oh, that makes sense. I was forced to go see it. So this is, this is the downside of being in the polyamorous industrial complex. I was literally about to say, uh, does this relate to your uh, love life? But uh, you filled in those gaps for me. My, so. so my primary partners, uh, one of their other partners was in free guy as an extra. Cause this was filmed in Boston. And so, of course, I got dragged along to see Free Guy as the first movie I saw after this, you know, once this pandemic started coming down. So think about this. That's that's the you know, they, they say that the, the downside of Polly is having to schedule things or, you know, too many dates or whatever it is. No, it's being forced to go see Free Guy to be supportive of somebody else boinking your partner. 
this is this is making me become a return guy. Like this is going to be one of those things. It's going to be the image of a polythruple watching free guy as the Captain America shield is being held up by Ryan Reynolds like it's a fucking one plus power mushroom uh the entire time. God, I, I don't like it. I, I don't like it at all, but just uh, imagine like Jordan Peterson, like still teaching in 20 years, just getting really weepy in a classroom setting over <laughs> a, a, a deep uh, like structural archetype it, apparent in like the, the plot structure of free guy. <laughs> it's, it's just really one of those things of where it makes me wonder if he just didn't see any 80 sci-fi movies growing up. Cause that's what this feels like. It feels like it's a script from, like 1987. Well, for what it's worth. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go, no, please, please defend the movie. No, Mr. No. Free Guy. Absolutely. <laughs> please don't, don't, don't. That's so much worse than anything else you could call me. That's that's, that's actually the definition of being in the poly relationship, right? Free Guy? Oh, free anyway. Guy. <laughs> Look, uh, no, Free Guy. <laughs> um, the. The movie's central premise, if you strip all the plot, all the Ryan Reynolds, all the visuals, all the references, all the scripting, everything, the Uh central idea of video game character realizes they're in a video game and has an existential crisis around it is, you know, it's like it's like a modern take on the Truman Show in a certain way. And a lot of the movie plays out that way. The problem is that the pacing, plot, dialogue, acting, visuals, character direction, music choices costume design everything else is bad i see i see yeah i mean it it does take a lot of you know bold desire to think what if we had a character who realized that they were inside a fictional narrative but have it not be ryan reynolds and deadpool but in a different movie like i said deadpool did permanent (laughs) cultural damage (laughs) it's 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 uh it's also i hate it uh this trailer just just for the reason that they forced this child actor to have to sound quippy like ryan reynolds at 12 years old <laughs> it's just like, oh man oh you poor thing also oh, no what must be wrong with zoe saldana's agent if they're casting her for this like it's it's i think it's netflix money right like right, it's got to be just money. backed up a truck and said hey how would you like another house in cabo and she said yes how how <laughs> would you like to be held over until the next uh, avatar movie <laughs> <laughs> when it comes out in 2027 yeah. finally <laughs> once the those rights are going though, to expire you'll, you'll never before the sequel again. yeah <laughs> <laughs> But okay, fine, fine. Let, let's talk about this next uh, movie. Going from one disappointing uh, space adventure, but to another. It's uh, Lightyear got a trailer that came out before the Super Bowl, so it feels like a thousand years ago. Uh, I didn't realize this, but this movie is supposed to be the definitive origin story of Buzz Lightyear, the actual person who inspires the toy. So and so. I just don't see how, based on this trailer, I don't see how that could possibly be the case. It, it's the it's the world, man. You have to believe. I to think that's right. And beyond. That's, I, I think I can confirm what Kelton's reporting here. But there um, are actual aliens, and they have lasers, and the humans have lasers. I don't remember the humans having lasers in Toy Story. Toy Story was set in like a suburb. 
So, okay. So is this saying that toy story is like a cyberpunk post like uh, post whatever world, like whatever side, whatever like futuristic sci-fi world. The neighborhood, is, Andy's neighborhood, yeah. takes place on the moon. You see, and, yeah. uh, that's it's what makes Mars. it all really yeah. sci-fi on Mars. Even better, yeah. it's it's, <laughs> it's, on, it's on terraform Mars. Mm-hmm. You thought Planet Pizza didn't mean that they were on another planet? Grift, uh, come on, come on, dread. Are you not uh, believing in this idea? It's so stupid to me. I just, I I can't wrap my head around the idea of what would just make Pixar think we need to make a Buzz Lightyear movie. I, the only thing I can think in my head was that they came up with like a cool space adventure. And then Disney said, that's a real cool space adventure story. We have an IP character that's a space adventurer. <laughs> and they went, well, fuck. <laughs> and then they, it got pushed forward that way. So can I say something that will get me canceled on this podcast? Oh, sure. Yeah, go for canceled it. just Always. by YouTube, not like actually Always. canceled. Always. I call me Disney pilled, calls me Buzz Lightyear pilled, calls me whatever you want. I thought the trailer looked kind of nice. Wow. Me too. Okay. Me too. Also, I'm, like, I think it's I, a Pixar movie. Of course, it's going to seem nice. It's written by the guy who did Toy Story one and two, Monsters Inc., Wally, Up, Inside Out, and Soul. Like, it's going to be a fine movie. My question is, why did it need to be a Buzz Lightyear movie instead of just space adventure? You answered it yourself because it's a nostalgic IP. It's oh. it's it's always it's always the case. Also, I I think I figured it out. Uh, Toy Story takes place in a Dune-like universe where they've where they've uh, outlawed computers and space travel. The Butlerian Jihad of yes, this it, Toy yes, Story. Yes, the Butlerian universe. Jihad happened in Toy Story. Yes, so that's why. Like, so, but but they but they can still have the nostalgic, like, oh, we we remember the time of aliens and and uh, astronauts. But these are Woody sort of like pulling his string back and saying, "Use the voice." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> look i'm gonna just put it this way you know just like if you know you know grift is gonna do the soy face point backwards thing for the dinosaurs if they do xr this the quippy robot from the silly uh cartoon buzz lightyear uh adventures of star command they have this a silly little robot that was just like it was some some like pretty actually famous comedic actor i don't remember who but the point is if they have that, that silly little robot i will do this face too i will i will turn around in the theater <laughs> at every person behind me and i'll go oh it's the it's x it's xr <laughs> yeah. i'm so glad that the pix xr uh franchise can uh, continue <laughs> to move on in this fashion I, I, i'm picking up a note that maybe i just need to get my head checked because i am significantly lower on a, a certain amount of trailers here uh, no you are than, objectively than correct like i yeah, your right. communist <laughs> friend out here i'm excited for i'm di- based in disney build right now <laughs> Uh, it's great. You, I can't you, wait. you embrace the dread so as to come out on the other side. Right. And you're, yeah. You're, what it's needs the, to happen is that yeah. we just do, you know, the, like the, a the big white pill group. horseshoe theory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing us now going and doing a big trip to Orlando where we can catch COVID at Universal Studios for Jurassic World and catch COVID uh, over at Disney World as we uh, ride just, the light year, whatever the fuck. Just like uh, your favorite uh, fantasy football advisor. <laughs> 
<laughs> I still haven't gotten it, and I, th- I just think I'm built different. But you know, so I'm I'm down to go wherever. <laughs> so so did JJ is all I'm gonna say. <laughs> two days after his post saying I've avoided it this whole time. That's why I haven't posted that. I'm not gonna. Right. I'm not gonna jinx. I, I'll, I'll say it on the pod, but I, I won't. Uh, Look, I won't we've learned. That. We've learned uh, that posting has power and if you put out that energy into the world the world will come get you and the only exactly. thing i can exactly. the only thing i can uh conclude from that is that there is at least some god or some number of gods and they are on twitter and that's a problem and i don't mean the god account <laughs> i mean they have like a 64 bunch of numbers you know billy bob bunch of numbers and they're just they're locked accounts following people waiting i think that was the premise of the zeus commercial in the super bowl oh. <laughs> 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 you ever see a, uh, just every promotional aspect of a of piece of media and just feel to your core that everyone in that movie knows that this is a tax write-off for a bunch of oil tycoons in Eastern Europe? No, no, I, I, I don't. I know the type of movies you're talking about, but I'm I'm too cynical. I think that there are a few true believers and like dude bros that are like, like no, the- this, this is real what we're making, man. It's going to make a difference. It's going to appeal to someone. Some stepdad is going to connect with his wife's kid over this movie, man. This is going to be the thing. It's going to lead to an emotional breakthrough for them. Like the like the ten movies that Bruce Willis was in this year, where he just oh has this God. like he has this like million like couple million dollar deal with a production company where they can just put him in every movie, and it's all like direct. It's either like direct to Redbox or like direct to digital, and it's like he's in like ten to twelve of like the same action movie, <laughs> <laughs> it's the same outfit. Yes. Look, on, on your last episode, I am as as folks may have surmised, I am a loyal listener of the Gigocast. But on one of your last episodes, you talked about Moonfall and being that definitely being a tax write-off. As somebody who went on a date to Moonfall uh, because one of my partners, what are you doing, Free Guy and Moonfall? To be fair, (laughs) Moonfall was for a much better reason. It was because uh, this was in a movie theater where there were 500 seats seats, and none of them were occupied and we wanted to smoke weed in the back. Hell yeah. All right. (laughs) Okay. Criticism retracted. (laughs) Uh, That movie was clearly made to be a complete tax write-off, except I think that we should find anyone who financed that and we should put them on... There should be capital crimes, but just for being involved in the film. (laughs) The Moonfall (laughs) Tribunal. Yeah. (laughs) Death. Death. I will be the judge. Just every single... I'm I'm one of two people that have seen the movie Moonfall, and the other person was smoking weed with me right next to me. I want you to imagine, Dredd, please, the just the circle of people who've seen Moonfall and the circle of people who've seen all of Wheel of Time. And I want you to imagine that small <laughs> layer of overlap. <laughs> and think about how 
few they are. Too too late to explore the world, too early to explore the universe, like just in time to watch both Wheel of Time and Moonfall. Kelton, I am going to drive to Texas and force you to watch Moonfall. No, it's fine. It's okay. That way you can be in that small sliver too. You and me as the only two people. I was so close. Like, again, I know we talked about it last week, but like, I was so close to actually watching that. And then when I saw what the Thursday preview numbers were, I called the hardest audible I possibly could. <laughs> it was like, we're not covering this. Like, it's not going to go well. It's Damn, I, I never got my Moonfall NFT. Oh, I think we'll find a way to get them on the aftermarket somehow, some way. Oh. It, it's a limited number just because not that many people saw it. That's actually what makes it rare, unfortunately. Um, so this next trailer that we have is for The Dropout. It's a Hulu limited series on Theranos and Elizabeth Holmes. Oh, boy. It's it's amazing. Look, the theme move- of this episode tonight, today's GigoCast, is evil girl bosses we have wanda maximov i guess gladriel is not evil but we got girl boss oh, she is she is cool. she led the genocide of all of the black elves <laughs> right, right. I forgot about yeah galadriel wanda maximov and now theranos lady elizabeth yeah, whatever she yeah. this is what happens when a girl boss like flies too close to the sun I love the uh, she, audacity. She, she dreamed too hard, and like you it's, know, when you're when you're a strong, powerful woman, and so when you have big dreams, so the world, so like you know, it's it's not fair. The world steps on him, and we need to change these systems. Uh, <laughs> I, I love it. I love it because in the trailer they ask a question that says, "How did the world's youngest?" self-made female billionaire lose it all in the blink of an eye <laughs> because she lied and got caught that's the answer this isn't like this big existential question we <laughs> no, if she, uh, go ahead go ahead sorry. oh no i was just saying if she if she would was a man she would have like pivoted theranos's like capital at its height and like bought moderna just in time for COVID or, or something, <laughs> but instead, you know, you just you you can't you can't let a woman rise too high. You gotta you gotta kick her out before before the the grift is completed, before the final act of the prestige follows through. You know, they they didn't let it they didn't let her see through the vision. I mean, if, at least if she was a man, they would have let her buy the single Wu Tang album. And then go to jail, you know, March for Kelly style. Like, like, there would have been at least some involvement of the Wu Tang Clan. No, or oh at least God. some members, maybe Riza, Jizza, you know, somebody. Riza would, if that means that we could get Man with the Iron Fist three to come out. Like that's, that would be the asking price. She, she seems like be. one of the people who would have been conned by like those guys who are going around New York City, like pretending to be members of the Wu Tang Clan. It was just like like five or six black guys, and they were just like conning like clubs and expensive hotels, like out of free stuff by like putting on a convincing enough Wu Tang act, and like yeah, like uh, Theranos corporate parties, like that. 
that that like she she's hiring them thinking that she's actually got like Jizza in the house. <laughs> and this entire time I was thinking we were gonna get like a dark, gritty origin story, but like, well, she went on a Tinder date with a guy who said that he had diabetes and she needed to find a way to actually verify his story when she w- was asked to provide two hundred thousand dollars for this man. <laughs> so you- <laughs> she asked for a drop of blood. I, I uh, do have to say the kindest thing that the Oh, biopics are, by the way, always inevitably too kind to their subjects. Not not always because sometimes because they you also it. have Amanda Seyfried right. acting as you. Yeah. Like what the fuck? You you, <laughs> you have to have a somewhat sympathetic like protagonist audience stand in person to make it like resonate with the audience, right? Like and it can't be just completely reprehensible main character. It, look, it, it we, wouldn't work. We we got Judah and the Black Messiah, and they humanized the guy who sold out Fred Hampton. Like so that, that you can operate a gas station, right? Like, <laughs> there is zero spice way. must flow. <laughs> there is zero percent chance that this show, which ostensibly should be about how Elizabeth Holmes, I mean, once again, the thing that they got her was for conning investors. But once again, only cool thing about her, conning con investors. This is not financial advice. She also conned like actual people who thought that they knew about their cancer shit. That's the dark ass shit. Like that's that's the real evil shit. But that's not what she went down for. But once again, we're going to get like a mostly like she's like, oh, I didn't like that part. I'm sure. But more importantly, we get to see Amanda Seyfried do the voice. The oh my god! Of the voice, her, the her voice. being in the mirror, <laughs> yeah, full circle. It, it's just so weird to see. You're like, I'm watching an actor mimicking her voice, that's then pretending to do her pretending to do a voice. Okay, all right. This is this is multiple <laughs> layers of uh, of acting going on. Acting with a capital A. They're, just they're, hand they're the totally- fucking Golden Globe they're totally going to have like an outfit reveal moment too where she oh, she puts god. on she we puts saw on that the all in the black trailer. turtleneck thing for the first oh my time god. and it's like you know it's no, like, the, like nobody the cared until up. i put on the turtleneck yeah uh, excuse me uh, dread <laughs> uh, nobody cared until i put on the turtleneck <laughs> <laughs> nobody takes me seriously because i'm a woman Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, God, uh, just fine. Sure, Hulu, great. Uh, it, it just felt like it was them capitalizing on something. The fact that uh, we alluded to earlier, this is the drama series that's based on a podcast. So, like, it, it seems to be now that podcasts, much in the same way that comics were the testing ground for superhero movies, and that's how they did all of their beta testing. It seems like podcast limited series are the way now for shows uh, to do beta testing to figure out what the audience pop might be for a particular storyline, which is just incredible darkest timeline shit. But also the Houston Texans are being run by like what's not not a cult leader. And so I feel like now is the time to capitalize on this because we are entering year two of this uh, absolute train wreck. So uh, incredibly excited about the inevitable podcast. I mean, yeah, cult, cults are like cults are very big right now. Podcasts are big right now. I think I think cults are very in. Yeah, I think this is the ideal uh, conditions for something to get greenlit. So, yeah, 
it's 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 now or never for this uh, script idea from uh, Gigo Studios. Look, like I said, the, when the Gigo uh, movie gets made, when the Gigo property, the TV show, the the document, uh, the biopic, you know, Army <laughs> Hammer, you can play, you can play uh, Kelton. I, I I would just ask whatever, whichever of the South Asians actors in Hollywood you pick, just pick like one of the like slightly good looking ones. I don't want a Kumail going on here, but like, you know, maybe like, maybe like, so, maybe <laughs> like old Kumail. John Cho. John <laughs> Cho. <laughs> well, this doesn't seem right at all. We are, we are going to uh, ruin, ruin the body of a, 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 a healthy young man to, to put, to put him on such a steroid regimen to, to portray you. <laughs> So, I'm just picturing it's like okay well what happened well uh Kelton got cast uh by Army Hammer okay well well you know that that's uh that's pretty cool uh Griff I'm not sure who you would want to be cast as you and uh 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 Dread Ned from Spider-Man No Way Home <laughs> ah <laughs> oh, fuck come okay. on so this is the really funny thing is that like so there, I, I think i showed you some of these pictures skeleton but there are some pictures of me from when i was younger where i don't know if anyone's ever seen hunt for the wilder people oh uh, no or no. That's it. that would be perfect casting yeah. the kid from deadpool too i look as a kid i looked exactly like that kid <laughs> Just picturing him with his Kiwi accent talking about watching Free Guy in a theater. <laughs> that broke him. <laughs> Kelton, I just, I just always think uh, to the meme that you posted where like every two man podcast like has this di- same dynamic, and it's like uh, the the nice guys. Oh with, yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, Crow oh, and Gosling, God. and it's like, yeah, I think, I think that's it right there as far as the oh. Giggo casting. <laughs> oh, oh my God, yeah. Let's talk about this last trailer. Uh, I'm sorry, second to last trailer, the long, long Giggo cast. So my apologies to listeners, but you are getting your full free dollars worth with this. Every one, time so. I show up, this goes long, and I'm so sorry to it's everyone okay. out there. You know why it's okay? The more Giggo, the we... better. The more trash. It's just, it just happens to be a particularly big load of trash this week. Yeah, I'm sorry it's all trailers, and I'm sorry it's all worth talking about, everyone. Uh, We are talking about a trailer for a movie called The Hyperions, a movie that you may wonder, why are we talking in a film that was initially made as an indie that then got bought out by Archstone Entertainment and then was sold to Saban Films, then to Bonfire Legend? It is because it has now been sold and it will be distributed by The Daily Wire. This is a Daily Wire <laughs> media Yo, distribution. Right. Ben, ben Shapiro uh, sold his soul to Moloch. He, he's getting good run. Uh, he, like the the shut in movie is like going for certified fresh. On, it is. On That's am- yeah. It's amazing. He, it's like. It's- He's going to he have is, to defend Rotten Tomatoes now, which is he going is to in, be. He is in the cabal. He like <laughs> uh, he he clearly had to make some tough choices along the way, but it's Look, it's, it's getting the results. To get your Gina Carano, whatever Western. movie in Western, you have to get some <laughs> films that actually do well because you need the, you need to be able to you need to be able to say like, "Look, we make good movies. We finance good movies." <laughs> Sorry, sorry. Let me. Facts and logic show that we actually do finance good movies. If you look at the numbers, good movies. 
I do love because this film was released on Daily Wire's YouTube uh, page. The the trailer was. Um, we have a full synopsis of the plot that leaves nothing to the imagination because they wanted their boomer audience to know exactly what was happening in the film. The thing that you are missing if you have not seen this trailer. And by the way, of course, go put on your ad blocker before you watch any trailer, but especially one from the Daily Wire. But is that <laughs> this is like a paint by numbers Wes Anderson, like relentlessly, tirelessly quirky, whimsical sort of vibe. It's trying to be that because it's trying to hide the fact it was made for $15 and everything's made of cardboard. My favorite thing about this will be the inevitable press junket in which. So Carrie Elwes is the, or, or how are you pronouncing it? The Princess Bride guy is the like effectively only named star in this. He's the only person who probably got paid. Everyone else is some sort of intern they found on a casting lot. But he's the professor guy. And I don't know if anyone knows this, but he's in a very like public Twitter feud with Ted Cruz almost at all times. I, I didn't know that, but congrats. To to him, I so, guess so, I'm not sure what they're beefing it, over, but is he is he so basically he's in a uh, he's in a feud with like Ted Cruz's like Twitter interns, yes, <laughs> which is so much more pathetic. More accurately, his intern is in a feud with the rotating cast of people near uh, Ted Cruz's interns before he may or may not be the Zodiac killer and eats them, but you never know. <laughs> <laughs> Save but, that for Army Hammer playing Ted Cruz in the <laughs> Oscar award-winning biopic. <laughs> but um, this is a Daily Wire property now. Like Ben Shapiro bankrolled this movie, and now ostensibly Carrie Elwes and Ben Shapiro have to at least once stand in a room together, and that's very exciting for me to think about. Oh yeah, oh it's going to be great, especially since this seems like uh, it, it's bland, it's desaturated, it doesn't seem like it's going to be any good, but this is going to be something that I think might inadvertently crack open the door for a lot of uh, Daily Wire audience members to go, yeah, but what if this was good? Like, what what if this style was good? And it might lead them to other directors and other stylized things that are <laughs> far beyond the scope of the See, daily world. I think it's going to have one of the opposite effects is I think it's going to be financially successful enough, not good, but financially successful enough, uh, or at least pretend to be, uh, that a whole bunch of other people are going to be like, oh, they can do paint by numbers, Wes Anderson. I could do paint by numbers, Wes Anderson, and you're telling me I haven't been? <laughs> I, I think a lot of people have already tried. I think this is the result of someone thinking well, that they Yeah, we're, we're watching the aesthetic get more and more dilu like diluted over time. I'm just telling and you, we're, in just, five years, we, step. in yeah. five years, we will have a Marvel movie where they have completely abandoned, one Marvel movie, they have abandoned the twee Joss Whedon quip and they will go instead for the twee Wes Anderson quips. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of Dutch angle close-ups with quicks flashing from one character to the other. And it just what a joy. What a joy. Although I would be down to watch like an animated movie, a Marvel animated movie by Wes Anderson. That seems like that would just be utterly delightful. Claymation. 
Uh, no one knows what the hell's going on with it. Uh, let's talk about this last trailer, though. It's a trailer that I am fucking hyped for because it's coming out next week. It's for a movie called Ted K. That's right, Ted Kaczynski. <laughs> he has a movie coming out. Uh, it's, it's an absolute joy. It's Sharito uh, Copley, I believe. Is, uh, Charlotte uh, Copley, yeah. There we go. There we go. District Nine guy, as people might uh, know him. Uh, and uh, man, just uh, what a voice that he's doing in this m- trailer. Uh, I loved it so much. Yeah. Uh, uh, living in future industrial society, doing something mean to it. Um, <laughs> it's like, um, I like, I'm, I'm sure like this is what he would have wanted. Just his, his story being sold back to people. Uh, for them to consume and you know maybe consume on a streaming service probably or maybe maybe to inspire similar actions in them who knows um but this i this this was a good trailer and did look pretty hype and uh on like obviously like this story gets memed all the time but um i i you know you know you know the details of it but it'll be it'll be fun to see a dramatization of it for sure so yeah i'm i'm here for it yeah, I, I, I think it's an interesting direction, uh, like on a very uh, it, I think it's a bold choice um, for a media industrial complex that once thought that Batman was going to cause a wave of Joker shootings uh, or the <laughs> Joker was going to cause a wave of Joker shootings to put out a Ted Kaczynski movie in the, yes. at, at the theoretical hopeful knock on wood tail end of a global pandemic that has isolated and atomized people for two years. I really think that that's not going to resonate with anybody. Once again, Ted Kaczynski got a whole bunch of sh- stuff going on, not just, you know, the Unabomber stuff is its own issue, but he's, he's also got a whole bunch of like messed up ideas about it. It was just regressive ideas in general, beyond just the anarcho primitivist stuff. But if you focus in a little bit on those and prim ideas, people are going to be like, Oh, that does make sense. Modern society has been terrible for me. I do want to go back to monkey. You're saying I could do that? It's the same thing as paint by Anderson's paint by numbers Wes Anderson, except this time it's paint by Anderson, paint by numbers, excuse me, uh, fertilizer and potassium nitrate. <laughs> so is is this is this a movie in theaters or is this a thing on streaming? It's going to be a limited release in theaters and then okay. it'll probably appear on streaming. Because I mean, everything on. does kind of look like one thing now. But if it was if it was just on streaming, then you could be like, oh, what are you going to do? Shoot up your living room? When you watch the <laughs> when you watch like the the Ted K movie on whatever uh, app you know you use. <laughs> I, I would love the guy who's dealing with a shitty internet connection while trying to watch Ted K. <laughs> <laughs> No mailbox in that neighborhood is going to be safe from that guy. Oh God! It, yeah, it's... a a um, uh, a uh, cell phone company doing a Super Bowl ad, um, f- f- advertising themselves as being able to get service to the uh, lone terrorist <laughs> in the wilderness. Honestly, trying, trying to stream Ted K, Ted K, and and plot uh, plot their own uh, action out there. But they can, yeah. we're not that far away, Grift. Like history's greatest monsters. What if they had access to the internet? You know that kind of a of a pitch for. Like, well, he would have just watched cat videos out in the woods. Yeah, I, I'm very excited. I'm very excited for the continued rehabilitation of 
uh, various historical figures as if what they had access to the internet. Specifically, I want to see what if Frankenstein, not the monster, the doctor, had access to the internet. Like, what if he had just a basic idea? Would you think he still would have done what he did? And I, th- the answer is yes and more. <laughs> <laughs> showing Dr. Frankenstein a Taliban beheading video. <laughs> and he's just oh, like, oh, yeah. the wonders of the modern world. I mean, yeah, he was his his uh experiments were sort of uh transhumanist in a way. I th- I, th- I think it would fit in great nowadays. There would be uh, there would probably be uh uh government institutions lining up to fund his work. Exactly. <laughs> A misunderstood genius or a DOD future specialist? Yeah. No, I'm like, I bet he could get money from DARPA or something. (laughs) I'm I'm just so stoked to see uh, this movie come out. I'm going to track it. I'm going to see. I'm going to try and be uh, and follow through with it to see if this gets any like festival buzz because that would be oh, fucking great to see. I think it has to. I think like if we're being very cynical, I think part of its limited release is I think that it thinks it's good enough for awards. I don't think it's think it's, it's good enough for like a best picture nomination, but I think that they think that Copley, once again, this is like the meta commentary of how promotional media is. I think they think Copley's performance is good enough to maybe get a best actor nom. You're not wrong. I mean, at least in like an independent spirit awards kind of thing. Yeah. Of, I didn't mean like Oscars, but no, no, but it's just like, yeah, I guess I could see that. That could be fun. Kids look at the edgy production company names. Did y'all see that? The heathen films and in your face <laughs> productions. <laughs> and fuck you, dad. I'm playing my music as loud as I want. Incorporated. Uh, yeah, it was great. Two, uh, what, two of those were real. One was fake. Uh, who knows? Who knows what the fake one was? But uh, what a time. What an episode. What just an absolute unit of an experience for us we've already done our plugs so now it's time grift uh tell people what are you up to where can people find you uh no, no grift not grift yeah God. i was well, gonna say let, let we already did the plugs uh, like, you know <laughs> I, it, it's it's fine I, i'm <laughs> yeah. so used to throwing it to you first it doesn't matter we've done our plugs dread please please Take it away. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, look, we've talked about Jordan Peterson's uh, uh, Don't Look Up today. So, you know, whatever. Slip of the tongue. It's a real Freudian day. Uh, I am uh, at dread underscore botlord on Twitter. Don't follow me. It's not fun. I mostly tweet about how mad I am at the Celtics rotations. Um, <laughs> but but uh, other than that, I, I write for the Houston Chronicle uh, under Robert Charles. If you ever want to check out my sports journalism, don't again, I mostly am at, write about how mad I am at the Houston Rockets, uh, but uh, Houston than, Texas podcast incoming. Yeah, Come on, please. let's go. Let's Once go. Once again, we should parlay our way into that cult. Uh, I think we'd be good at it. It's going to be great. <laughs> other than that, you know, um, you know, stay well, stay healthy, stay sane, and uh, try to find a new fixation because apparently Kanye's PR team locked down on his Instagram, and that was my entertainment. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, bye, everyone. Peace.